reading of the Holy Scriptures, we will turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Reading from verses 1 to verse 9. <clears throat> Please follow me with me in your, in your Bibles. I am reading from the ESV. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings he said to them, Listen, a sow went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. May the Lord bless the reading of this word. You may be seated. All of you are smiling. It's a relaxed evening, or is it because of the holidays that are coming up? Uh, is Monday and Tuesday a holiday for us? So I can take about one and a half hours today. I'm going to sleep in and, uh, <laughs> and be more relaxed. <clears throat> All right. So um, we don't have the pulpit today, and this is the table. Thank you, John and team, for setting it up. Uh, I got pure, very poor eyesight. Very poor eyesight. So, you know what, if I just skip some of the words, you know, just because it's just my eyesight, all right? Um, but before we begin and see what the Lord has to speak to us, can we pray? Father, we come before you because you are God, and uh, there is none like you. Um, Lord, our hearts are so filled with things that really we struggle to sit here. We struggle to hear what you want us to say. But Father, would you prepare our hearts to receive what you have to speak to us? For we know that your word is powerful. Your word uh, brings conviction. It's used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And so, Lord, we look to you to see what you have to speak to us. Give us attentive hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, a couple of weeks back, I got a call from somebody, someone in CBF, um, and um, you know, this guy said, I have a pic- very, very strange query to you. I said, all right, shoot, go ahead, what's, what's on your mind? And um, he said this, Lidge, I've been um, really thinking about my faith, 
and I've been thinking about um, why I believe and what I believe. And the more that I'm uh, thinking about it, uh, he's on a holiday, so he's thinking about it. So that's good. Uh, uh, and the more I'm thinking about it, I don't think I'm truly saved. Um, but why is that going on in my heart? Would you be able to talk about it? And I said, you know what, I'm not going to respond now. I want you to read Mark chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 and come back. And then we will do Mark chapter 4. And what I'm going to do today is Mark chapter 4. Um, and we're going to see this is some query that all of us have in our lives, right? I mean, as we walk along, we wonder, are we truly in the family? Are we truly born again? I mean, is these, do these things line up? Do they add up? Um, and, and this morning, I, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us. To each one of us, and I'll tell you why. Uh, to whomever it is called, to whomever it is invited to. And uh, uh, please do uh, sit with hearts that say, Lord, I want to hear you clearly. I want to hear you clearly. Um, this message is not for your neighbor, so don't look around. This is for you and you alone. Um, the text that I'm going to do for today is Mark chapter 4, verses 10 to 20. Mark chapter 4, verses 10 to 20. I've titled this sermon, Jesus Divides. Okay, Jesus Divides. So Jesus divides the people sitting here today. If there is ever any reason for division in the church, it should be because of Jesus. No one else. And Jesus is going to divide today. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 19. Um, Jesus is speaking to all the people. And so Mark chapter 4, 1 to 9 is what John read. And this is the parable that he um, speaks to the whole crowd. Yeah? But in, uh, from 10, he's now speaking to his disciples. So verse 10 says, When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked about the parables. From the parallel passages in Matthew 13 and uh, Luke 8, uh, essentially the disciples were asking him two questions. Number one, um, why do you speak to people in parables? And number two, what does this parable mean? Yeah? Those are the two questions. So before we answer that question, we need to examine what, what is a parable. right? As a church, we need to know what's a parable. And uh, uh, parables come from the root word parabalo. And para means to, uh, you know, alongside. Remember parakletos, the Holy Spirit coming alongside the counselor. And uh, balos means to cast or to throw, right? So come alongside, to throw. Combine that, it means to cast something that is known to something that is unknown. Simple truth to a complex truth. That's what a parable is. And, and, and it's as simple as that. So, uh, in other words, it is to cast a story alongside a divine truth or principle. So, um, Essentially, the purpose of parables is to reveal something that's complex or hidden. Right? That's, that's kind of very straightforward from uh, the meaning of a parable. So parables were also used by rabbis and teachers. Many people used it. Prophets used it. Uh, remember when Nathan confronted David? He used this parable. You know, you know, David killed Uriah and he was thinking that no one kind of knows what's happened. But Nathan does it through a parable. So a parable always wants to reveal something. Yeah, but it is to reveal something that is hidden. And, uh, and that which could be a mystery. Um, 
Now, why is Jesus speaking to people in parables? So he's asked that question. I mean, that's exactly what the disciples asked. I mean, I mean they knew, they, they were exposed to parables quite a bit. But when they, were, when they were asking, why are you speaking to people in parables? He has one strange answer which blew my mind off. And that's very scary, in fact. Um, let's see the purpose. The first purpose is to reveal. That's fine. Isaiah uh, 6, 10 and Matthew 13, 5, don't go there. Uh, it says, this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. So it's to reveal. Now the second purpose, which I am talking about, which is very scary, um, is found in verse 11 and 12 of Mark chapter 4, which we are reading today. The secret of the kingdom, or in some translations, it's the mystery or the mysterion of the kingdom of God, has been given to you. So he's speaking to whom? To the 12 disciples and the core people. He's saying, to you, the mystery has been given. So mystery does not mean anything mystic. It just means that something that was hidden is now brought to light. All right? It's not, don't go into eerie, weary stuff. All right? um, and now he says, but those on the outside, those on the inside, those on the outside, everything is said in parables, and now he answers why. Read on. So that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving. And ever hearing, but never understanding. Wow, this is even more scarier. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Purposes of parable are to both to reveal and to hide. It's not only to reveal. It's to hide. And, and Jesus used, used, uses the stuff and, and I'm like, wow, that sounds very scary, doesn't it? I mean, to reveal and to hide. Uh, he divides this into two sets. The inside guys and the outside guys. Um, he reveals to the inside guys and he says, I'm going to hide it from the outside guys. And, and I'm thinking, wow, I wouldn't want to trust a God like that, wouldn't you? I mean... How much ever I try, I, I have no way of knowing this. But to understand Mark chapter 4, you need, we, we always need context of Mark chapter 1 to 3. And Mark chapter 1 to 3 has some revelations, which I'm going to summarize, which will tell you that God is absolutely not unfair. He has given us all enough opportunities. Um, uh, Mark chapter 1 to 3, Jesus is doing mighty things. He's revealing himself uh, to people through various signs and wonders. He heals people. People come in uh, droves. Uh, there are demonic spirits getting out. They're confessing that you are the son of God. And there is always this constant power manifested in the lives of people. Okay, remember the paralytic man that was kind of lowered down? And he said, you know, you know, you know he, he, he basically said, uh, what's easy um, to either to forgive sins or to Tell this guy to take up his mat and walk. And, you know, he knew what these guys were thinking. Obviously, it's easier to say, you know, hey, Steffi, um, you, know, you know, it's like, do I love you or, you know, or do I buy you a BMW? It's, e it's easier for me to say I love you, Steffi. Uh, she's my niece. And, uh, but to say I'll, I'll buy you a BMW, uh, <laughs> you know, you'll, you guys know where we are going with it. And, you know, and, and these guys were asking, they're telling him, who has authority to forgive sins? And Jesus, wow, brilliant. Wisdom, full of wisdom, he says. Now, so that the son of the man, so because for the son of man uh, to prove that he has authority to forgive sins, he says, "Take up your mat and walk." Wow, what a combination! 
what a power statement. Um, uh, and you know, um, and, 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 and then he goes on to the synagogue. He teaches in the synagogue, and there is, there, there is this guy with a withered hand. Now, on the Sabbath, these guys are checking out, okay, will, will Jesus heal? And, you know, Jesus, <laughs> he's full of himself. You know, he says, yeah, I'm going to heal him. And he healed him. And he established that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, uh, once he did this particular thing, Mark 3, 6 says, after all this revelation, he says, then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. I traced about 10 events, large 10 events from Mark chapter 1 to 3. And assuming that there are about you know, 10 events which, with crowds of 100, I just took a small crowd of 5 per crowd. 50 instances probably of revelation of who God is, of demonic spirits coming out, of uh, the man with leprosy being healed. Multiple manifestations, okay, multiple. And then this is what these guys plan to do. Now they say, man, we got to eliminate him. That's, that's, that's strange, right? After all revelations. The final straw was when the teachers of the law said that he is possessed by Belzebub, By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Man, attributing all these wondrous works to the evil spirit is nothing but blasphemy. There's nothing but blasphemy. But what are they doing? They have already rejected Jesus for this long. After all these continuous journeys of, of revelation, he's been revealing to them. He has not spoken in parables. He's, he's speaking in parables at this time now. Once he got this statement from them, I think that kind of, like, that's the final straw. And you don't get it anymore because now I'm going to speak in parables. And, uh, and therefore, if you ask if God is unfair, no, God is not unfair. He reveals to all of us consistently, constantly. And yet, we reject him. You know, they refuse to understand them. So when Jesus was saying in verse 11 and 12, he was saying it was not that they could not intellectually understand these parables, but rather their hearts are close to what Jesus was saying. Verse 13, let's move on. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand the parable? How then will you understand any parable? In essence, you know, what he was saying was, all the other parables hinge on this one. If you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the other parables. All right? Verse 14 says, the farmer sows the word. All right? I'm not going to be allegorical. Parables need, you know, one of the dangers of interpretation of parables is we can just get too caught up with some of those minutias, and that's very dangerous. All right, that meant that, this meant the church, and this meant the state. You know, parables are very simple. God, Jesus always had one singular point he wanted to convey, and God wants us to pick that up. Yeah, so I'm not going to get into allegories around this. But when somebody sows the word, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying in our context, it could be preaching, teaching, your Bible study, your small groups. Yeah, the word comes to each one of us in different ways and formats. All right? And verse 15 says, now he's, here he's going to talk about four kinds of people. Okay, now um, verses 15 says, Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Yeah, King James uses the word devoured. So 
I'm going to first talk about the first soil, which is the pathway soil. Okay? Now, most of us who have gone to our grandparents' home back in our villages, um, okay, semi-remote villages like mine, um, do you remember the fields that you have seen? And uh, have you seen those pathways that are formed there? Have you ever wondered how those pathways come? I mean, I mean I'm sorry, yeah, I, I, know, I know this is not interactive, it's, it's a monologue. Uh, you know, um, uh, you, know you, you might think that you know, some people just kind of you know, dug, the, you know, uh, dug it up or, 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 or kind of made it clean. It, it is not. Pathways are formed when you repeatedly walk over it, correct? When somebody repeatedly walks over something, pathways are formed over a field. Nobody kind of, kind, kind of constructs that. Yeah? And I, I want us to link these pathways to something that probably are repeated patterns in our life. Repeated patterns, because when people keep treading over that path, obviously the soil loses all its moisture. It can't receive any seed. And before, because it can't receive any seed, it won't germinate. And because it won't germinate, there will be no fruit. As simple as that. And I want to ask some application questions here. Repeated actions lead, lead to habits. Habits lead to addictions. Uh, addictions kind of set patterns, and patterns form traditions. Some traditions are very dangerous. Uh, Jesus says uh, in Matthew 15:6, he says, Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your traditions. He warned the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. The traditions tend to come in the way. I'm not too sure what's hardened your heart. But the first soil speaks on that. And I, I want to ask us, what are the patterns and traditions that you're holding on from your backgrounds that's caused you not to turn to him? Probably you're not from a Christian background, or even if you are, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you have thought that the teachings of Jesus are very nice, he's a good moral teacher, he's a six-foot uh, tall, dark, handsome man, he's a nice guy, uh, but I don't think he's really God, then I think probably Satan is at work in your life. I probably think Satan is at work in your life. You could be from a believing background too. And you could have believed about God in some way. You could have created a God in your own image. And that can harden you from receiving what is truly from Jesus himself. That's soil number one. So soil number one is the, pathy, the, 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 the path, the, the pathway soil. Uh, we'll go to verse 16 and 17. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word at once, receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only for a short time. When trouble or persecution, or, or, sorry, when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Okay? So, this is the word withered that is used for this kind of soil. So, number one, the pathway soil, devoured. Therefore, no fruit. Number two is the rocky soil, and it's withered. Obviously, when you, so there is a sense of growth, but it gets withered because it doesn't stand because of the, um, you know, Mark uh, 4, 1 to 9 says the sun comes out, and because of the scorching heat, they, they, they can't stand. Now, this persecution that, that is being talked about here is not kind of the general persecution that uh, we all go, th go through as because of the fall, uh, because it is common to all humans. But this specific trouble or persecution that falls on a person is because of the word, because of the truth, and because you have to obey him. And so these are the people who call it quits once they are under pressure. You know, or 
like me i gamed it i avoided it just don't put yourself in such situation so that you're safe um some application questions there may be many people um coming here every sunday at cbf and say i love cbf oh the joy of singing oh the joy of listening to the word oh what a lovely place to be these people are so nice you know they are they are really you know they don't judge me much you know and so i i feel very good in this place but you know what the moment they are outside the moment they are outside they don't talk about jesus because if they talk to their friends about jesus they will get rejected they will get rejected um they will be made fun of yeah experience some of those when you stand up for jesus for those who haven't they they, they will just avoid it um they might not they might not invite you and these for the students they might not invite you for the next gig or party and you we fear losing some of those stuff and so we don't we are not bold about jesus um they will not take a stand because they know they will be rejected they will be alone they conform to the ideas and the patterns of this world instead of conforming to jesus uh, can we read ezekiel chapter 33 31 and 32 ezekiel ഗെയിൻ indeed to them you are nothing more than the one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well for they hear your words but they do not put them into practice this in my view is the fan group these are what differentiates the men from the boys and the women from the ladies these are what differentiates between the fan and the follower john chapter 2 verses 23 to 25 say something that you know jesus had a lot of followers by the way but who were his real followers i just want to explore that john chapter 2 verses 23 to 25 now when he was in jerusalem at the passover feast many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name yeah they all saw it they all witnessed all this and they believed in his name yeah but jesus would not entrust himself to them for they knew all men you could believe in jesus but does jesus entrust himself to you because he knows all of us sitting here are you a fan or are you a follower so the first one the pathway soil devoured the rocky soil withered both cases no fruit let's go to soil number 3 verses 18 and 19 still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word but the worries of this life the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word making it unfruitful have you seen the commonality so far in the first three they all hear the word 
right if you see all all the verses they say they hear the word they hear the word they hear the word so everybody is exposed to the stuff it's just different responses that people have yeah now i want to talk about the deceitfulness of wealth because i think that is what we struggle with at, in in bangalore yeah we are all in pursuit of something and uh, um, you know statistically just don't mean it to the heart i think most of us are very rich okay um, most of us are really rich Uh, most of us really have food to eat three times a day you have um, you know clothing and and uh, and shelter they 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 discovering at both ends so we are actually rich just that the number of zeros could vary in different bank accounts that doesn't matter but we are still rich in god's sight now um, there is a danger of people who are who who are rich like us uh, because we somehow tend not to depend on god because we t- tend to depend on our riches and that's the deceitfulness of wealth so statistically it is difficult for rich people to enter the kingdom of god remember when jesus said it's difficult i mean it's like the camel to go through the needle of an eye a very strange uh, uh, connection that he did there and he wonder why i mean for rich people it's hard to enter the kingdom because simply because they are already satisfied in this in the stuff in this world and so it's it it can fall on any one of us wealth is not wrong by the way the issue is the love of money and I, and 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 i want us to ponder this um let's read first timothy 6 9 and 10 first timothy 6 9 and 10 yeah I, i'm i'm probably going to back up a little bit um uh, verse 3 onwards if, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our lord jesus christ and to godly teaching he is conceited and understands nothing he has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy strife malicious talk evil suspicions and constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain good question to ask is are you coming to church and are you going to the meetings to get some money obviously nobody hands out money with each other but uh, you know some somewhere secretly we believe that if i'm faithful to god god will bless me we have confused upward mobility with god's blessings which is a very dangerous thing move on uh, verse 6 but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it but if we have food and clothing we will be content with that people who want to get rich listen carefully people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs some application questions for us to think through the soil um this is hard for me to share there there was twice in my preparation for this message that i wanted to back out i wanted to back out i'm i i was too convicted of this and say oh, i don't want to teach this. can i go to a simpler passage and i'm going to share this uh, and probably um, may the spirit speak to us uh, there are people in this church and people in cbf i'm not going to talk about any other church i'm going to talk about our church um, who are more interested in careers in what riches will promise them money is their idol of course we are sophisticated christians we don't kind of say that out loud we appear very giving um we appear not to be after wealth but do our lifestyles indicate indicate anything other than that 
Um, we want bigger homes, better cars. And of course, they come to church meetings, certainly, and, and all, all of us do come. Because I think they love the things of this world than the one who came to this world and died for them. And this particular portion says they will not bear fruit. There are many who love to hang out in the evening, sing some songs, gather all some barbecue dinner, you know, and talk about stuff. But you know what? Whenever we kind of get to these gatherings, you're going to those gatherings because you love to sing or you love to do barbecue. How much of our conversations, an indicator could be, wow, I'm so caught up with Jesus so much that our barbecue is around Jesus. Jesus himself. What he has done for us. Um, when will our conversations, when we meet each other, not be around the promotions that we have got or the races that we had or the modern technology that you know, we are caught up with or the trends that are there on Twitter or, or, or whatever. When are we going to stop about that or football or latest movie and wow, and just kind of be caught up with Jesus in whatever we do. In essence, what I'm trying to say here is this. We keep talking about what we are really joyful about. We keep talking about stuff that we are actually filled with. That's exactly what surfaces on the mind. And so an indicator, when, when, when you and I, I was sitting there and something at my work popped up and I said, Lord, break my heart because something in the surface that's coming out is because of what's in the heart. And, I, and I'm saying this along together because I'm scared of this stuff. Okay? I'm caught up with the things of this world. I'm caught up because I can't listen. What are you thinking about right now? When you talk more about your work, whenever you meet people, it probably is an indication that work is your idol. I want us to reverse interpret that. Um, when you're talking about your spouse or your family or your baby and you're oh, such a cutie, cutie kid you have, you're caught up with your children. You could be. I'm just saying go examine that. I'm not saying that it might be, but just, but just go examine that. Um, what are you filled with? That's exactly what your life will reflect. Are you now thinking about the chicken keema that you're going to have outside? You know, you're hungry. And or probably are you thinking about, will that guy Nelson, I don't know what is his name, give a free cake when we have that uh, lunch at, 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 at Truffles? You see, you see what we are caught up even when we are sitting here? We are caught up because we are filled. And that's exactly why when the word comes in, every Sunday or every morning or every Bible study or every small group, we are filled so much that there is no way that you, can, you and I can enjoy God. Babu, what, what do you like? Uh, mutton biryani or chicken biryani? What, what do you like? Just, 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 just do a pick. Huh? Chicken biryani. He loves chicken biryani. Um, if I give you probably two plates of chicken biryani, you know, um, and you're really full, okay? And, uh, and then I probably think because you like chicken, if I provide you upper and chicken curry, which is kind of a Malayali... Uh, dish. If I give it to you, would you eat? No. no. Why wouldn't you eat that? I am so full. Exactly, right? We wouldn't, if we are so full, how can we eat? If you are so filled with the world, how in the world, <laughs> if I may use that word, how in the world are we going to allow the word of God to enter? Because it is hardened in different formats. You see, it's all about the hardening in different formats. It's just different. Because even this does not bear fruit. Psalms 37 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will grant you the desires of your heart. 
So if God is your delight, then what you desire also will be? Will be God. Not the Merc, not the BMW that you dreamed about and you know, most of us can never afford that here. Um, you know, that's not what is going to be your desire. Because when you are delighted in Him, your desire also will be Him. I want to know more about Him. And that's exactly what, it, what we need to think about today. Verse 20, and this is the uh, last soil. Uh, others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Which means, in other words, to, it bears fruit. And fruit to 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. Luke 8.15 kind of gives the characteristic of the soil and this heart. It says it is noble, um, it is good, it hears the word, it retains it, and it perseveres in obedience, and that bears fruit. That's exactly what the good soil is. And so, may I say, there are people who really love Jesus here too. Um, They will follow him. They will respond to him. They will give his they will give their lives for him even if it means that. So you might see people stepping down from their careers because their careers come in the way of Jesus. Their careers are robbing time with God themselves, with their family, and with their church. And they're saying they will, know, they will not go that path. And so they will step down. They will step down. Why? Because I know that Jesus will not give me any job. A job that will rob me of my time with God. Time with my family. And time with people in the church. He will not. And so, you know what? For the other soils, if you keep pursuing the stuff that does not deliver, that's exactly what he's saying in 11 and 12. He will hand you over to your desires. He will hand you over to your desires. Romans 1.24 says, he handed them over to their debased mind. The more you keep pushing and rejecting what Jesus is offering you, he is going to stop pursuing you in that sense. He's going to allow you to be fertile. And so, do not go there. That's a very dangerous position to be in. If you're pursuing your stuff, it's very dangerous. Just examine that. So, let's go back as a recap. Uh, The pathway soil, devoured, therefore no fruit. The second one is, the rocky ground, withered, no fruit. The third one is, the thorny ground, choked, no fruit. When Jesus said in 11 and 12, to them I speak in parables, he said, I I, I told about the two divisions. One is the inside and the outside. The outside guys refer to these three. You could be in any format. Any format. Doesn't matter. If you fall in one of these three, it's dangerous. So, like Ravent reminded us last time, if there are two evils, you don't choose between two evils. You don't choose between lesser of the two evils. Yeah, You don't choose at all. You back out because if you're in any three, so, so if you are in this, this, this um, uh, rocky ground and say, see, I'm excited about the word. I go to these Wednesday cell groups and, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's all good. That's all good. <laughs> Jesus says it doesn't bear fruit 
if you are playing games and if you are not bold about Jesus. And so how do you know you are in God's kingdom or God's family? Here's a simple answer. You know, we had this conversation in WhatsApp. Uh, you know, we had this conversation in the men's group on, uh, you know, we, I, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm glad that we are here. We are not raptured so far. And we all checked on George, George and if he's available. <laughs> and he said, yes, I'm here. And John said, phew. You know, and we all said, okay, you know, we are all here. But, you know, but here's the thing. How do you know whether you are in God's kingdom? And the answer is very simple. How do you know if you're genuinely born again? Based on this passage, it says you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. If you don't bear fruit, you're not in the kingdom, according to Jesus. So then you will ask the question, what does it mean to bear fruit? How do you know you're truly born again? And so bearing fruit, um, I'm going to say it's about changed lives. I'm just going to say it for this context. It's going to change lives. Uh, Your life is going to consistently change. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect. By the way, all the the, the fourth soil does not mean that he's like super cool, superhuman. You know, Abraham, you know, goofed it up, okay? But Abraham was credited for his, you know, his faith was credited for stuff. Uh, Paul, arrogant guy, but God humbled him. Peter, coward, yeah? But Peter spoke with confidence and with boldness is the word that the scripture uses. And 3,000 people are added. So it's not perfect people. But how do you know you are a Christian? And I think I have two things that I always want to think about. Uh, One is, the greatest commandments are love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind and all your strength. And the second one is love yourselves. Okay? If, If there are these two, then these two are our parameters to check whether we are in the kingdom. And so, the way that I would apply it is, if you love God, is your love for God increasing? If you love people, is your love for people increasing? If both of them aren't, it could be a dangerous sign that you probably are not in the kingdom. So, uh, when you get closer to God and when your love for God increases, the awareness of your sin increases. When, when you get close to God and when you're having all your Bible studies together with, with, the, with, with the Lord and with people and you're spending a lot of time, if sin awareness does not increase, there is a question there. The people who get close to God will be revealed of their sin. Remember Isaiah? He just got in touch with God and he says, Woe unto me, woe unto me. The moment you get closer to God, you will feel very wretched. Very wretched. Yeah? Um, as your love increases, you will obey him. Uh, and that's the obedience test in, uh, uh, in, um, in, in 1 John. So in fact, if you guys want to go back home, do your homework and Bible study, do 1 John. And there are absolute tests there that kind of indicate whether you are in the family. So the obedience test says in 1 John 1, 6 to 7, don't get there. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So ask yourselves, does my life show a pattern of habitual, unrepentant sin or of repenting of sin and striving to walk in the light? Your doubts reduce and your faith faith increases. Uh, That's the perseverance test. Uh, That would be, uh, again in 1 John 2.19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. A lot of us. Uh, but they went out that it might become plain. They, are, they all are not of us. 
those who do not persevere in faith prove that their faith was false in the first place. So ask yourself, am I continuing the faith despite the struggles and the oppositions? Uh, your love for people. So the first one is love for God. Is that increasing? And your love for people. Um, and, and that's the, uh, you know, the basic test. The love test that says you love him. Because you love him, you will reach out to people who are not like you. You will serve them without any returns. You will not befriend people in the church or outside the church to say, what, what's, what's in it for me to befriend this guy? Do you and I befriend people who are probably of wealthier statuses, of uh, positions and titles? And if you befriend them because we think, oh, if I know this guy, I can get more stuff? No, your love for people will be consistent because God has filled your heart with his love. And as you do that, you will want to hang out with people who are not like you. You will see hurting people because God puts the burden. His love poured out into you will now create burdens for people. And when they see Kishore and they'll say, oh, Kishore is going through this, a burden is created and that's when people will spend time. If there is no burden for people, probably is a very dangerous indicator. Can I encourage us to think that um, uh, the fruit is not manufactured. It is from God himself. All right? So we don't have to make up this fruit. Uh, Hosea 14.8 says, Oh Ephraim, what, ha- what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. John 15.5 says, I am the wine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The only thing that is the variable here is our heart. The rest of the stuff that happens, the fruit is not manufactured. It is because when you obey, it is automatic. And so the word used is automatic. Okay? Um, And I want us to think of that and not feel very guilty. So in conclusion, um, Jesus divides in this parable. Jesus divides into two groups of people. One group is the Inside ones. I would say they are the converted ones. They will listen to God's word. They will retain it. They will apply it. And they will bear fruit. The other guys, in different formats, the word keeps coming in. They might be excited about God's word, but there will be no change. And when he talks about those, those guys, I think we've got to be very, very careful. He divides. And I want to ask All of us this morning, it doesn't matter whether you are a believer too. It's good for us to examine whether we are in the faith. Whichever side you are on, it is unsafe to be on any of those three soils. It is unsafe if you have a heart that is unteachable. It's unsafe even for a believer to have an unteachable spirit. And so therefore, we always want to consistently pray, God, make my heart fertile. God, make my heart fertile so that I will never reject you. Because after some time, the pursuit will stop. Because if you continue to read, it, say, it, 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 it says, what shall be measured? The, the, the measure that it, it will, will be exactly based on how you respond. After some time, it's going to stop. Don't get too late. And if, if, if Jesus is convicting you, as you hear this message, repent of your sins. Repent of your sins. It doesn't matter. Don't look around. Just repent of your sins. And I want us to uh, close in prayer and uh, can we just close our eyes and I'm just going to kind of walk us through some of the stuff. Um, Your response to the word will determine your relationship with the Lord. 
if you are in God's kingdom, you will bear fruit. If you are not part of God's kingdom, you don't bear fruit. Have you been rejecting Jesus this long? Repent before it is too late. Before he hands you over to your desires. Are you drowned with the worries of life, deceitfulness of wealth and pleasures of other things? Then be aware that what is driving you is what is truly in your heart. It is difficult to hear Jesus when you are filled with these things. Repent of your ways and turn to Jesus. If some of you who thought you were a Christian but really might not be one and this message is convicting you, respond to the Holy Spirit and may I encourage you to come to Jesus. For those of you who are already in the family of God and this word from the Lord has affirmed that, may I urge you to continue hearing and obeying him and persevering because fruit will come and fruit probably is there. He will cause more fruit bearing. I'm going to share the gospel with all of us and then we'll close in prayer. Remember that you have violated a very holy God. Your sins have separated this holy God from you. The only way that you can have access before this holy God is through his son, Jesus Christ. He knew that you could not save yourselves. He knew that you could not do all your works and get to him. So he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who was of no sin and died on the cross for your sins, paid the ransom, paid the penalty. He's not only died, he's risen again, which means that he also will give you the power to live the life of Jesus Christ. This morning, if the Holy Spirit is reminding you, convicting you, and he's calling you to repent, repent of your sins. And repent of sins means nothing but taking a U-turn, a change in your mind about whom you thought about Jesus so far and committing your life to the real Jesus. He will turn your, and once you turn your mind, your behavior will also change when you turn to him. Turn to him. Don't reject his ways before it is too late, before you receive judgment here on earth. Don't turn. Don't turn away from God when he's calling you. Father, would you um, speak to us? Would you continue to bring this back in our hearts through this week? For we want to really examine before you, before and may the Holy Spirit reveal to us, Lord, that through this week, on where do we stand? Would you reveal to us what, where our pursuits are? Would you reveal to us what our hearts really contain? Lord, on our own, we can't do it. And we want to thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for revealing it to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ones who are in the family. Thank you, Father, that you are the one who's bearing fruit. We don't do anything with that. And Father, we want to Ask your forgiveness if we have been arrogant about it. Father, break our hearts. We are sinful people. We think that we are number one. Father, we are sorry. We want to give you number one position and we want to be number two. 
We want to submit to your authority for from your authority comes life, comes goodness, comes joy, comes peace. Wow. Father, would you grant us faith? Would you grant us faith? Thank you for listening to our prayers. We want to live abundant lives for you. Would you help us? And we know that you will. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. Just want to give you the announcements for the week. And before I do that, I want to call out some new visitors who are here with us this morning. As I call out your names, <coughs> it'll be nice if you can just stand up for a few seconds uh, so that we can see who you are and uh, meet with you later. We have Mamin's friend uh, Joel visiting us from Coimbatore. Where is he? There he is. Welcome. Uh, we also want to welcome Nino's friend uh, Deepa Joseph. There she is. Welcome. Uh, we also had Ms. Mitha visiting us last week and today her husband is also here Alex Thomas there he is, welcome Church, can we warm, uh, warmly welcome them all <laughs> meetings of the week, as you know uh, we gather here every Sunday at 9am to remember the Lord's uh, sacrifice and resurrection and also to hear from God's word uh, thank you, Liju, for bringing us the timely reminder from from uh, from God's Word this morning. Next week, uh, Brother Benjamin George, who's a professor at ACA, uh, will be with us to minister uh, to us. And today, after the announcements are done, uh, we will uh, gather for for prayer right here in this hall. You guys have the prayer lists with you, so just huddle up into small groups of either three or four, wherever you are, and uh, uh, and and spend time in prayer. Meetings of the week, uh, there are cell groups in different parts of the city. This week, the Tuesday uh, cell group in Domlur uh, is on a break. The Wednesday cell group will meet at Sajan and Shilpa's home uh, in Kormangla at 8 p.m. Uh, Thursday, there are two cell groups, one in North Bangalore. This week in Benji and Preeti's home and uh, also in Galbert and Kenzie's home in, in South Bangalore, HSR layout. And Friday morning, there's a cell group for those who work night shifts. So Friday at 9.30 a.m. And this week it will be at Pisti and uh, Minu's home in Babasupalya. The, uh, as you know, there are student groups also meeting uh, in different in two uh, campuses, in Christ College and in Christu Jayanti College. Christ College boys will resume uh, and start their meeting on November 8th. Uh, the girls will, will be meeting this week also at 4.30 p.m. at a cafe near Christ University. Uh, and the Christu Jayanti girls... They meet uh, at, on Thursday at 4.30 p.m. And it will be at Rabichan and Ashmama's home. Meetings of the month. The next single girls Bible study is on November 5th, which is a Saturday at 4.30 p.m. at Sajan and Shilpa's home. The next men's meeting is on the uh, third Saturday of, of November. That's November 19th at 8 a.m. at uh, Pisti's home. And uh, the next time we'll be going out for track distribution will be on November 5th. Uh, this is... Uh, yeah, at 6 p.m. Uh, it will probably be at the Kamnali area. So going forward, it will be the first and third Saturdays of, of every month that we'll be going out as a church to distribute tracts and to share the gospel with uh, people on the street. Anybody celebrating uh, their birthdays or somebody else's birthdays or anniversaries this week? Jeffrey Jr.'s birthday. All right. Anyone else? All right, we're going to sing a... 
rendition of happy birthday for Jeffrey Jr. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Only one will not do. Born again in salvation. We hope you have to. Happy birthday, Jeffrey. Matters of prayer. Let's continue to pray for all of our loved ones who are uh, ill with uh, different sorts of illnesses. Uh, no particular updates for this week, but let's continue to pray for all of them. There are some, uh, a couple among us who are uh, traveling this, this week. Uh, Ashimama is traveling to Uzbekistan this coming Friday. And I uh, just want to give you a little updates on what you can specifically pray for her. Uh, we will need, uh, let's pray for her safety as she and another missionary will be moving around to meet with believers there. As you know, the, it is a country that is very hostile to any sort of religion uh, or religious activity. And therefore, Ashmama and her uh, missionary friend will need a lot of uh, protection. So let's pray for that. And also, not just for them, but also for the locals there who are meeting at various homes. Uh, we've heard several updates over the past several months how the uh, secret police uh, cracks down on the believers there also and uh, without questioning sometimes you know uh, imprisons them and, and, uh, and puts them through intense questioning and interrogation so let's pray for the believers there as well even as they meet in the local homes there and also for uh, fluency in the Uzbek language uh, she will need uh, grace for that and so we can, let's pray for these specific points as she makes the trip. Pradeep is also traveling on work to the U.S. Uh, from 6th uh, to the 21st. And uh, praise God that Nitin, Ruth and Ethan are back from their trip to Malaysia. And also Rabbi Chain is back uh, from his uh, time in Kazakhstan. He had a uh, very fruitful time there. And hopefully he'll update us about it next time we hear from him. So now it's uh, time. So Sunday school kids and teachers, you guys can make your way out to the to Sunday school and the rest of us who are here I uh, want to request that you huddle up in groups of three or four and uh, matters for prayer the matters for prayer have been sent out on the several whatsapp groups that you are part of if you don't have it I'm sure someone next to you or very close to you will have it so do reach out yeah that's it